It's time to raise the roof for our fifth off-season podcast. Uh, we have a bunch of news to go over, a lot more news than I think we expected. And we have another special guest uh, on this week's episode. Uh, I'm going to introduce the special guest first. Um, so uh, she's currently a senior at the, um, at the University of Florida who um, don't know what's going to happen with the college football playoff, but it looks like Kyle Trask is going is to win the Heisman. So uh, good stuff there. And also our first woman that we've had on the podcast, which first of many, hopefully, uh, Brianna Gonzalez. Brianna, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, we're, we're, we're having a lot of fun here. Um, uh, and we're really, really happy to have you on. Um, we're really, really happy to, um, to talk. And, and, you know, after all of the new stuff, um, we're really happy to talk just about how you became a race fan, your story and all that stuff. Uh, but Kind of the first thing that I wanted to go over um, today. So there's a couple things that have happened recently uh, within the world of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the first one that mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about happened specifically today. So for those that don't know, and we talked about this in our first offseason podcast with John uh, uh, Vitas, who unfortunately is now um, kind of in a bad predicament with with what's going on with the situation. But uh all of the invites for the 120 minor league baseball teams across the um, uh, across minor league baseball were all given out today. And uh, the four ones for the Rays were uh, Durham, uh, Montgomery, uh, I'm trying to think, um, Bowling Green, which is now uh, promoted up to high A. And the one that I think a lot of people didn't really expect to happen, which was Charleston, uh, the Charleston River Dogs who um, used to be the Rays affiliate for a couple um, – It's a, um, so from what I'm seeing here, 1997 to 2004, they were affiliated with them. Uh, um, they're now affiliated with them again, which means that the, uh, the Charlotte Stone Crabs down in Port Charlotte, which is uh, home of Rays spring training, uh, they are no longer. And um, unfortunately um, for, our, for our friend John, um, we're hoping that he can get some sort of a job within the organization, but things are kind of weird now, obviously, with that not being a thing. But um, – I don't know uh, what everyone's opinions are about um, how this all shook out, but did anyone expect uh, the Rays to get rid of uh, Charlotte at all? No, uh, not really. I mean, how, how, when, when did you say, uh, how long has Charlotte been in our farm system for? 2009. 2009. So yeah, I mean, oh, over a decade, I would say no. Um, I was expect, I was not expecting that. Um, I mean, I don't really know how much that change thing changes things. Like, sure, you kind of like to just keep it the same, especially the way the last decade has gone with the uh, the Stone Crabs being in our farm system. Um, I mean, we've obviously had a had a hell of a better decade this past decade than we did our first decade. So you kind of want to keep that mojo going. But I mean, in the end, I really don't. I mean, you probably know more than I do. I don't really know on how much that really affects us. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a question. I don't really know how much that affects us. So I don't know if it's a big deal or not, but I was not expecting that. Uh, Brianna, what did you feel about it? Yeah, I, I hate to see that, mostly because Charlotte was where a lot of our guys did their rehab assignments, and it's only 90 minutes from the trough, which now the other um, farm teams are going to be significantly further than that. So I think it you know, um, but I guess it had to do with kind of attendance and stuff and they're still having spring training and that sort of thing there. So I don't love it, but you know, it is what it is and I'm sure they're going to make it work and it'll be fine. Um, you know, I feel like they, 
they use that facility a lot and it's i think is it our only minor league team that's in florida mm -hmm. or what was in florida mm -hmm. yeah so so that was so i feel like that's kind of a downer you know we got to go out of state if we want to watch um like a spring training or something you know like sometimes you get to watch the guys like right here out, out in port charlotte um so that, that that's kind of disappointing so um yeah, I didn't, definitely didn't expect that because, you know, I thought because of proximity that they just want to keep it just because they can use that facility too for training of their guys. So it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I agree with all of you. I, I didn't expect it to happen. So, I mean, from what I know, uh, the Florida State League, which is the league that um, the Stone Crabs are in or were in, uh, it was demoted from high A to low A this year. And um, they also – so the Stone Crabs weren't the only team that was taken out. So it was a 12-team league, and now it's a 10-team league. So the Florida Fire Frogs, who I believe played in – I'm probably going to butcher the name because I know it's like – some people say Kissimmee, some people say Kissimmee with either or. They're no longer there. So that's, so that's two teams that were kicked out of it. And I, I don't really understand why they decided to go up to Charleston other than the fact that it used to be an affiliate of the team. But to be honest, you would much rather have a team that's closer to your actual facility. Like if there's a guy that gets hurt on the big league team, they can just like, like, like Gibby said, just, or um, like, like Brianna said, just go 90 minutes down uh, an hour and a half down to Port Charlotte, do the rehab assignment and then uh, be able to go back up to the trough. But now they're going to have to go a couple more hours away for that. So not, not an ideal situation there, but I mean, I guess what had to be done had to be done and minor league baseball has just been weird. So it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because you know, the stone crabs aren't the only team that have suffered some sort you know, have, have been lost as a result of this because it's not just the 40 teams that were taken out. There's, there's much more than that, that were taken out from it. So it's going to be really, really weird to kind of see what happens in the future. But I mean, I, I hope it's, I hope it's a good thing, but I don't know. It sucks for Port Charlotte though. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing uh, to talk about, so, so I don't know what the hell is going on with like Rays and negative news over these last few weeks, but that just seems to be the thing that they're gravitating towards. Uh, again, not, not an ideal situation, but it is what it is. So um, an article in the Tampa Bay times came out yesterday, written by Mark Topkin. Uh, where he, I, I don't know if this was like a one-on-one -on -one interview with team owner Stuart Sternberg or what it was, if it was like a group Zoom, uh, Zoom call with him. But he had some interesting things to say uh, about the Rays, uh, one of which being the, I'll, I'll just read it verbatim here. Uh, he can, so after 2027, which is when the lease for Tropicana Field uh, is over with the Rays, he thinks that the split city decision between Tampa Bay and Montreal is the only option that they have. He doesn't want to sell the team at all. He just said some other interesting things. He said, most of our games are attended by less than 10,000 people. So we could probably run uh, for the most part, run a normal stadium operation, which is not really what you want to say, regardless of whether it's true or not. Uh, it's just, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys felt about the article when it came out, but definitely. I do, uh, personally, I don't think the right things were said from his perspective in this. I mean, I, I hate the split season thing. And I mean, I hated that when, the, when that idea came out. I think it came out last year, mid-season, which one was an awful time to release that. Um, mid-season, I don't understand at all why would you say that. Um, I mean, two, the Expos left Montreal for a reason. Like there's, 
it's not, I don't I feel like Montreal is not a big baseball town. It's like most of Canada, it's a hockey town. Um, Toronto is kind of an exception because it's kind of so south. I think a lot of I think they get influenced by a lot of people that I mean basketball and baseball are still big up there. But I mean hockey dominates the college I guess or not the, the sports industry in Canada. And so I just don't understand why. Montreal, I guess, is like the only option. And a split season, I don't understand how you would get the players to get on board with that. Like players' families, you can't expect them to own two houses. Um, but I mean, two citizenships too. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, different country. But um, it's a good point. Um, but I mean, I I just don't understand. And he also kept on saying how like kind of surprised and shocked he was by the race for uh success. I believe, which is just not the thing you say as an owner. Um believe in your guys I mean they put together a really good team for and he should have known that um but yeah I just I am not the biggest stew guy right now along with I think a lot of race fans uh, uh Breer Breer Gibby you guys can chime in on this okay um so I didn't love that article either um I'm sure most race fans did not I think you know his comments about attendance like whatever, we're race fans, like, that's the kind of thing that we kind of are used to. You don't expect or want to hear that coming from your owner, especially in a joking manner. I believe said that most of the guys on our team would not start for any other team in the majors, which that's just an awful thing to say. If you're one of our starting guys, like, wow, you know, our owner, my boss who signs my paychecks doesn't think that I could play for any other team, which isn't even true in most cases. I mean, you're really going to tell me Brandon Lau is not going to start on, I mean, any team would be lucky to have. Yeah, he, you know, he's a bright guy and he hired, um, he was part of bringing in this front office that's done amazing things and completely turned around the organization. So like, I know he's not stupid, but the things that come out of his mouth, I mean, he's not making any friends in the clubhouse or in the Tampa Bay community, in my opinion. So, very true. Very true. Well, I think there's just so many factors that just don't make any sense. Like what we said earlier, it's like you're in two different countries. You gotta, you gotta have these players split the season, like in two different countries, and it's just, and there's so many things that make that 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 are the reason why the TROP has low attendance. I mean, it's not the best area in St. Pete. It's getting better. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's a good area. I, I, I really want the team to move to Tampa. I think that's his problem. He doesn't want to build an expensive domed stadium because that's what's going to have to happen. It's going to have to be probably a pretty good stadium if, to, if they want to build it down here. And, you know, up, up in Montreal, they'll build like a, They'll, they'll build them just like a, a normal, open, probably less expensive stadium. You know, that's probably what would happen. But I don't even think Montreal as a city is even in good economic standings to even flirt with that idea, really. I'm not sure if this if this can happen. I, I really hope it doesn't. Um, I, I just think the, t- the team needs to move Tampa or just a good – good place in St. Pete maybe because the, the real thing that doesn't get the attendance there is that there's so much traffic from on 275 going on the bridge and then coming back it's like 45 minutes to get home you know and a lot of people just don't want to do that and so we gotta there's got to be some kind of solution here 
Is there any chance that Stu was saying those things about his team to maybe motivate them? Like saying that most of the ki- most of the players weren't going to start on any other team to maybe motivate them? Or I don't know like, if that's, that's something that you would say to motivate someone. Though. I, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not justifying that at all. That's the only like reason I can get that. That's the only reason I can see why he would said, say that because you're saying Tyler Glass now is not going to be a number one on almost every other team. Like, yeah. are you? I mean, this isn't going to be the starting short, shortstop for almost any other team. Like, I, I just can't imagine in what world he would think that. I mean, we went to the World Series this year. We were the second best team in the league. We won 40 yeah. games out of 60. Like, I mean. Well, another thing, he said he was stunned by the success, but they are coming off a 96-win season last year. And, I mean, they they were 8-2 and two against the Yankees, and he's like, oh, it's a – it's crazy that they beat the Yankees in the playoffs. We were, we should have been expected to beat the Yankees in the playoffs. Same with the Astros. They were a below 500 team. I mean, I personally would have been kind of disappointed if we lost to a team that was below 500 in the regular season. I yeah. just don't see how those are like crazy. I don't know. He said it was blew, stunning. I think they should have won those. And would have blown a 3-0 lead, which would have been the worst thing of all time. Yeah, but, uh, that would have been good. Kind of ridiculous. I just don't know how he sees the the success that the team has had, and then he goes at the beginning of the season. And he really like I feel like everyone knew this is the best one of the best lineups that the Rays have put out in a while. That was the I best mean, they, team of all time. Yeah, like, yeah, hands down, that was the Definitely. best team. So oh, I feel like he should have had a little bit more like hope for his guys. You know, a lot of people are are like telling him like a lot of people are predicting that the Rays were going to make the playoffs in the beginning. I don't know what what planet he's living on, you know. I mean, it's I kind, get it's that kind he's of strange. I get that he's saying that, you know, he's saying this because of like the payroll differences. But I mean, he sh- he should take some credit, honestly. Even if he would have taken some credit himself and be like, "This is what we built," and we should be proud of that. Like that would be better than saying, "Oh, I don't know how they did it. Our players aren't that good." Like. Yeah, it's it. I mean, like like when I saw that, I was just I was just kind of like. I was dumbfounded because if he watched sports this year, every – so the Blue Jays couldn't play in Canada. The Raptors are currently in Tampa because they can't play in Canada. Toronto FC couldn't play in Canada. The Montreal Impact, who play in Montreal, couldn't play in Canada. Like, there are several examples of teams this year where in the middle of a pandemic – other than hockey, which they literally – the only way that hockey worked is because they put the bubbles in Canada. And this year, they're planning on doing some sort of a conference realignment where Canada is going to have its own division so that none of those teams have to cross uh, – like, like go on cross-country trips to go into the U.S. Like Canada doesn't care about U.S. sports as much as U.S. people think that they do. And the only reason why Toronto is what it is is because Toronto is an Americanized version of a yeah. Canadian city. Like, like you guys I mean, are talking about. It's so about. close. It's so yeah. close to the exactly. United States. It's literally yeah. on the border. So. Yeah. And then on top of all of this stuff, so going back to Montreal itself in terms of sports, other than the Habs, other than the Canadians, no team in Montreal has stayed in the city for more than 35 consecutive years. So the Expos lasted 35 years. The first version of the Montreal Alouettes, who were who are a Canadian Football League team, lasted 35 years, and then they disbanded, and then they started up again, and then they disbanded, and now they're on their third iteration as a franchise, which only exists because the CFL did an expansion into the United States and took an American CFL team and put them back in Montreal. So 
clearly. And then on top of that, the impact haven't been there for that long. Um, but I mean, they might be the one team that breaks the curse, but other than that, literally no team has been able to stay in that city for an extended period of time. So if all of these other teams don't work, then how the hell is the Expos, you know, like, like putting a team back in Montreal going to work again? Move, move the team to North Carolina, please. For, just to move. That'd be awesome. That, Durham Bulls, a major league team. I mean, Honestly, okay, I'd be for that. I, I thought I, you were going to oh, say, like, be, Charlotte. Would... I was going to be like, no, just like, I don't want to hey, say Hey, hey Ra- Raleigh, come on. But uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's where the place is, is what they've been saying is, is that Charlotte's going to be the expansion place. If they're going to go anywhere in, in North Carolina, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I just I, don't get the ideology behind taking um, – a team from, you know, one kind of struggling sports market and putting it into two struggling sports markets. I don't know. It just seems like the opposite of what should happen. Yeah, I mean, other than the Habs, it just goes downhill really, really fast. Like, they just – they don't care. And and it's no offense to to Canadians. It's no offense to people of Montreal. It's just they don't care because hockey is the only sport that matters in Canada. And who's going to go to a baseball game in – March in Canada, like come, like you're saying you want to build a dome there. Like it's gonna be freezing. For yeah, an Olympic Stadium's a dump if they're gonna put a stadium. Um, if they're gonna play like, an Olympic Stadium, that place is a dump. Like if you're worried about building a dome and people coming, people are not gonna to come to a baseball game in Montreal in March and April. Like, yeah. well, then maybe the idea there could be we have the first half of the season down here. And then the second half, they go up there. So that way we kind of avoid the rainy season down here and the it's cold still, season. It's, it's but so still. stupid. He's just trying to bait. He's trying to bait Montreal to build him a stadium. Well, and, and then so the other thing on top of – Yeah. It's, well, he doesn't other, have to pay anything. The other thing here, on top – he would have to pay. Wait, sorry, sorry. Here, sorry. Here, he, here he has to pay, like, for half the stadium. Like, that's that was, like, the first offer Hillsborough and, like, Pinellas made him. They were like, we'll split the stadium in Ebor. And then he said no. So it's – well, also the price tag on that was stupid. It yeah, was like eight hundred and ninety-two million dollars, which was ridiculous. But the reason, and part of this is the reason why they won't build a stadium, and the reason why they did fifty-fifty split is because it's a hundred percent because of the Marlins. As much as we've like praised the Marlins yeah. uh, this year for how good they've been, the reason why they can't build a stadium is because the Marlins literally fleeced Miami, the city of Miami, Miami-Dade County, of like. million in order to build that stadium of which no one goes to. Like if we're going to talk about attendance problems, the Marlins have much worse attendance problems and are in a brand new stadium with a club and a pool in the outfield and aquarium behind home plate. They had some weird home run structure, which they changed. Like if we're talking about like places where there should not be a new stadium, Miami is like the first place to go for that because it was a terrible idea to build it. And I think, I remember seeing that one of the bonds that was used in that was like, it was like less than a hundred million dollars for the bond uh, part of like the package in order to build the stadium. uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Shout out to Alexa for getting very pissed off at this argument. But um, like, yeah, she does not like students. That, that whatever that bond was, I think now the, either like the county or the city has to pay over a billion dollars to 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 like pay off that a hundred million dollar bond which is just mind-blowing so if that happened as it did there's no way that the rays are going to get a new stadium just because of how messed up jeffrey loria was with with trying to get that true that is true but i mean look at 
I mean, look at like I, I don't want to slander the Marlins at all because <laughs> as you, as everybody as every listener knows, I'm a huge like Marlins guy. If I was an NL fan, but um, like look at the success over the last decade compared to the Marlins. Like, I mean, I think that also has to play into the issue too. That like the like like I mean, the Rays have been, I think, the fifth most have the fifth most wins since like 2009 or something like that. Something yeah, fifth. I, no shot the Marlins are top 15. I, I don't know exactly. But oh, no, like, the Marlins are definitely, like, bottom bottom third of the league. Ex- yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't – like, I know, sure, like, that sets a terrible precedent, but you can't base that off of a whole different franchise. I mean, just because, like, people want to see a winning team. And if Tampa – if the Rays were in Tampa, I think they would have a hell of a lot more people show up because it's just a very inconvenient stadium, like – they yeah, build a stadium sure. in Tampa, I think they would have people show up. But I, I do understand that point and that it sets a terrible precedent. I mean, I mean, the only reason why, like, like uh, Sun Life Stadium where the Dolphins play got a renovation is because it was privately financed because they have enough money in order to do that. So other than that, I mean, there's really been no new stadiums built yeah. as a result. So it sucks, but, you know, it kind of just is what it is at this point. Uh, a little bit more happier news uh, before we get into some free agency stuff. Um, so, uh, Nick Anderson was announced, uh, was, was selected to the 2020 all MLB first team. Uh, I don't know what's currently going on with Brandon Lau. He was a finalist, uh, along with DJ LeMahieu and we're kind of all expecting that, that LeMahieu is going to get picked over him, which is probably the, you know, it, it probably makes sense. I mean, we don't want it to happen personally because we love Brandon Lau, but like, I mean, LeMahieu did have a crazy good season with the Yankees, but uh, how did you guys feel about the um, about about that news? Um, but like setting aside what happened in the playoffs, because that's a whole another story. Uh, how did everyone feel about about how deserving he was for the award based on what he did in the regular season? I mean, um, I mean, I don't think it was even a question. He gave up one run in what nineteen appear nineteen appearances, I think. Something crazy. Yeah, something. something like that, which is ridiculous. Um, sure, he had a pretty pretty bad postseason for Nick Anderson. Um, he was not himself, but, I mean, he, along with Liam Hendricks, they gave up six combined earned runs throughout the whole season, which is I think is just ridiculous. And Nick Anderson gave up one of those. I mean, I don't think it was – I don't know if they show the votes for it, but, I mean, he should have been unanimous. And, yeah, I think LeMahieu, like – I mean, Brandon – He won, by the way. He got it. Who? LeMahieu. Yeah, and that's unfortunately <laughs> <Can't>, <laughs> expected, but unfortunately, yeah, can't can't fault them for that. Like Brandon Lau had a great first half of the season, but then he started to falter off, and yeah, still got I some key votes though. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. It's true. That's that was a great thing, uh, uh, Bree. Would you th- uh, would you feel about it? Did you think that he was deserving enough? Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt. Um, he it was, was a rhetorical question, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he was phenomenal. I mean, that's one of the best seasons by a raised reliever in a while. And that's saying something because we have a lot of great relievers every year. So, I mean, good for him. Very deserving. Uh, give you uh, anything he, he else there? He was a pickup from Miami, right? Yep. 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 Got him in the trade. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty nice. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's always had he's he's had good stuff ever since he's gotten here. Uh, this year, he really turned it up. Uh, he closed out a lot of games for us. He's clutch. He's he's ice. Maybe not in the in this postseason, but he he still did pretty good for a reliever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely 
definitely think he deserved it. Yeah, he's yeah. a great, 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 great player to have. Yeah, he was he was fantastic this year. It just sucks that like the wheels kind of fell off once once late September and, and October hit. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it is what it is. It it happened as it did. Um, I don't fault him for that at all. I mean, he was pitching. Yeah, every he was day a lot. Yeah, he pitched definitely more in his career in a short amount in the short like the most short amount of time, and that's yeah. hard to do. And I don't blame him for that at all. Yeah, and I don't think anyone does. I mean, even Game Six, like no one faulted him, even though technically he was the one that gave up those, you know, those hits there. But yeah. I mean, literally, no one faulted him because. The Dodgers. He's been fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you you give the Dodgers a slimmer of light, and they'll and they'll take advantage of it. I mean, it's just they were just that good of a team that they did that. They're a better team, honestly, in most of the series. So. Yeah, that's true. I am. I was happy for Mookie though. He got a, he got another ring. So. Yeah, I, I was, Kershaw as well. Yeah, that that was great to see. That was, and and um, I guess in terms of Rays that are on the team, uh, Adam Adam Kalark, who. Uh, um, also, former former University of Maryland Terp. Uh, oh. ring. So that David was, so Price that was cool. got that. David Price got that couch sitting ring. <laughs> wait, he, he, wait, does he get a ring even though he opted out, or, or what's the? He's still. I mean, is he st- he's still on the team. Is, he still is, part is, of, he, is he getting signed next season? I don't. Does it? Did it? Did his contract run out in twenty twenty? Did he? Well, he paid? he just went. He just went to the Dodgers, didn't he? Yeah, so I yeah, think yeah. His he, he went. He, he went as part of the Mookie trade. Yeah, Did he get paid this year. I thought. I, I think he. I, I think anyone who opted out got paid. Whatever. So he, probably, he, he definitely won a ring then. Okay. Because he was he was a player. If he got paid, then he definitely won a ring. So then two former race players. If I'm missing anyone, I, I don't McGee. know. Jake McGee. Oh, Jake McGee! I forgot. Icon, a race legend. I miss him so much. I loved him. He was electric on the race. He was. Like he's awesome. He he was pretty stinky at the end of his Rays tenure, though. Yeah, but it happens. I know, but peak Jake McGee on the Rays was 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 something fantastic. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to. So um, as free agency is is kind of going, um, I know that one of the biggest uh, places that the Rays need to um, address is the catching situation, and there are a few names that are out there. One of which um, we're going to say it, it's JT Romuto, but there's no way that they're going to get him because <laughs> he's just yeah. he's worth way too much. Uh, someone I think more in their price range, James McCann, who if I'm not mistaken, didn't he just? I thought he did get signed. I thought he got no, signed by. It wasn't. It, it wasn't confirmed. I know that there were things coming out today um, that that Ken Rosenthal put out that said that. Um, they were close to a deal with the Mets, but nothing was finalized, and then it was backtracked from there. But um, mm, okay, uh, both okay. the Mets and the and Angels, Angels are now in the running for it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the other big thing. They don't need him. I know they should focus on Bauer, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. what the Mets already have Ramos. Oh my God! In my MLB the Show simulation that I'm playing on my video game right now, Trevor Bauer <laughs> is on the Rays. Amazing. <laughs> See, there is a possibility. Betts is on the Braves. It's weird. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, is there a possibility that Bauer could – so, like, well, well, A, do we think that the – like, is there another catching option other than McCann that, that the Rays could go after? And, B, based on what Bauer has done, because he said – like, he said this publicly where he's going to try to get the most amount of money possible year to year, so he's more likely to sign a one-year contract than anything else. Is there any possibility that 
Um, he signs a one-year deal to go to the Rays this year, and they pay him enough. Okay, okay. So we got rid of Charlie Morton, yeah. right? <laughs> and that was fifteen million dollars in our mm-hmm. a year, basically. So I don't think that's that's enough money for him. So it'd have to be probably more than that, probably in like thirty million range at, at the low end, maybe for a one-year, maybe twenty something. I, I don't know. That's just how I feel he would sign. I, I'm not sure what his value actually is. Like, they could sign him for big, big bucks. Like, I'm not – I don't even know. So, he might just be he might just be like LeBron and sign one-year deals the rest of his career. Just, like, go place to place. I don't know. I highly doubt it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, well, to answer your first question, I would honestly, like – I would be fine with bringing back Zanino. Like, yes. Thank I you. Do- but like, like the I know, hitting, the hitting is but, just so bad. But it's a catcher position is much more than hitting. Like catching, I you're mean, kind true. of expecting the you're expecting kind of a lackluster performance on the offensive side. One, he's already got a great rapport with all the pitchers. He does exactly every the pitcher stuff. Um, we're bringing back most pitchers, so it's not like we're gonna be we're gonna have to kind of teach a new catcher to new pitchers, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I would be fine. I mean, he's a, he is a really good catcher for how much I dislike his swing. Um, I mean, he did play well in the playoffs. You never know. That could translate into next season. I mean, he is good. Like, he has the potential to be good offensively. He hasn't found it yet with the Rays. So, I would be completely fine with bringing him back. We do need another catcher to back him up. But, um, yeah, I think Zanino, honestly, because Riamito is a long shot at best. Um, but, yeah, I'd be fine with bringing back Zanino. And then two, I I don't think there's any shot. I mean, if he goes, if Bauer goes to the AL East, he's going to the Yankees. I yeah, mean, we'll just get, we're we're just gonna get kind of like bull. We're just gonna get bullied by the more payroll and like more, I guess, iconic franchise. I'm not saying that I think Bauer's going to the Yankees. I'm just saying I think he will want more than what we can offer, and True. that's expected. I don't think really any Rays fan actually believes that he's going to come to the Rays. Um, and we don't need him, honestly. Like, I mean, I would love him, yeah. but like, I mean, Morton, yeah, sure, it sucks losing him, but it's not like he was a huge production last year. So, like, we don't. I don't think we need him. Sure, be a great addition, but I don't think he's worth taking up half our payroll next year to sign him. So, yeah, um, completely agree with everything about that. Um, as far as the catching situation, I think that Contreras from the Cubs is a good option, but I know that. Once, especially once McCann and Rio Muto are off the board, um, a lot of teams are going to be looking at him as well. So I don't know if they can feasibly work out a trade for that or not, but I think it would be nice. Um, but either way, um, you need another guy. I don't think that they are going to be able to find one or maybe one, but definitely not two catchers that are better than Mike Zanino that are at that price. So I think that keeping that line open with Zanino is absolutely essential, um, at least for now, as things are kind of shaping up. So, yeah, I don't think Zanino's the worst option. He's a pretty good defender, especially for um, kind of our harder-throwing guys like Glass now and Fairbanks. Like, we need a guy that's better defensively than offensively, honestly, in that position. So, um, I think Zanino would be fine. I know Rays fans don't really want to hear that, but not the worst option. As far as Bauer, I really doubt that that happens. The only way I could possibly see that happening is if they get rid of Snell, which I don't think is happening, by the way. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think that was trade bait. Yeah. I, I if, if we go up Snell, I'm going uh, to – if we give up Snell and don't get six, though, back, I'm going to lose it. Just yeah. move the team at that point. Just move the team. Because, yeah. you know, after losing, <laughs> after losing Morton, like, even if you only move that one other player in Snell, it looks like a rebuild, even though it's just two players. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think they do that. I think it's stupid. I think he's great to be the veteran of the rotation now that Charlie's gone. I don't think Glasnow is quite ready for that. I think he'll get there, but not yet. Um, and I think it makes a lot more sense to trade KK because we have at least two other guys that are going to be fine defensively in center field in Margot and Phillips. And I don't know if a Rosarena plays there too or not, but, you know, whatever. I'm sure um, he could. Yeah, probably. He's Superman. So, <laughs> you know, I think it makes a lot more sense to trade KK and his um, salary is a little bit more than Snell's. So basically, like you said, I don't think we need Bauer. And I think it would kind of be stupid decision-making to make the moves necessary to get him. But Yeah, I'm kind of on board with uh, – so, I mean, I like – I know Zunino is like a really good defender, but he sucks at hitting. Like he was god awful <laughs> this year, and he looked a lot better in the postseason, but he was still really bad. And I, I know we keep thinking about this, but it just like it keeps bringing up the fact that like we had the ability to sign Travis Darno and we didn't. Yeah. And yep, now, that one hurt. yeah, and that was just that was a really, really, really dumb decision that they had that he wasn't worth that much money is the other thing. It wasn't like they paid him like 15 mil. It was eight mil a year. And yep. it was just, it was just a really, really, really dumb decision because now like, it's just, it just doesn't work in the same way. Just with everything. It just doesn't just what they have. They, you know, everything gets regressed a little bit because you, you go from having someone who can both hit and field to now someone who can just field and you're probably just going to have to settle with the guy that can just field. Um, mm-hmm. So for better or worse, that's, I, I feel like that's probably what's going to happen, but it'd be nice if they could get another catcher. I don't know who they would get though. I mean, I'm fine with that though. Like, I mean, once other than Darno, when's the last time the Rays had a really high powered catcher, Jose Lobaton was like our best offensive catcher, I guess, since I mean, Ramos was and Ramos too, but, but we only had Ramos for a year though. So like, yeah. it's tough to, I guess, I guess we only had Darno for a year too, but like, um, I mean, we've never really been a franchise that has that one catcher who's like a stud, and it's kind of ironic. I mean, for how good our Michael franchise- Perez. No, <laughs> why are you bringing up Michael Perez? <laughs> for how good okay. our franchise system is. I didn't hate Michael Perez. I, Dude, I like he had that one walk off. He's crazy. <laughs> and he had a, like he had a home run game. against the Yankees too. So I yeah, think yeah. if he had been given more of a shot, we could have seen some <laughs> promising things from him. I like Mikey. That that is true. That but was he so when he was in was he the same cat like 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 was he the same level of defensive catcher no. that that Zunino was? That's the thing. Is that's Zunino? probably the reason why they didn't play. He definitely missed a few uh, tag outs at the plate. I think. Oh, that one. Oh, I remember <laughs> a podcast about that. We had a. I forget which, what game that which was. Which one was I, it? I do. I do remember what you're saying, Evan. Is that? Yeah. Um. I don't he remember. Missed like a, he missed like a tag at the plate or something. And I, I forgot which game it was, but it was in the regular season. But, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, it just brings in, you can bring Sonito back, you know. I mean, you're not going to get, realistically, I say, you know, let's get Trevor Bauer, let's get JT Real Mildo, but I know that's not, hey, that's not really honestly, a possibility. Honestly, like, I think that they could probably dish out the money to get Bauer. 
Like if they wanted to, they could dish out because Bauer's going to want somewhere in the realm of 25 to 35 million. Yeah. They could, I don't think there's a need for it though. That's yeah, true. But I mean, if they need. wanted to splurge on it, like if they want to say we're going to go all in this year to go to the world series, like, if they weren't satisfied with what happened last year and they want to go to the World Series this year, they have the pedigree and they have the background to say, Trevor, come to come to St. Pete. We have a really good team. We literally just went to the World Series and could have pushed the Dodgers to a game seven. You know, mind mind you a few, you know, small mistakes here and there, but like they have the um the stuff to back it up and say, hey, you know, we can we can help you get to the World Series and possibly win a World Series, but we just need you on the team in order to do that. I just don't know if they're going to dish out that much money because that would basically be if they were going to give him 30 for one year, that would be the Morton contract, but instead of two, it's one. So I don't know how much that would hurt payroll if they decided to do that. And, I mean, I know I said, like, I don't think Bauer's going to come, but, like, you, I, I, like I said, I highly doubt it, but – I mean, maybe he likes playing for these kind of small market franchises. I mean, he's played for the Indians, who's not a terribly high-powered franchise. And then he's signing with the Reds. Like, yeah. like I mean, you two kind of lower payroll franchises, I think. And you never know. Maybe he likes kind of like, like that role, kind of the man. Like in New York, he wouldn't be the man. He, I don't even think he would be the number one starter. I think Cole probably has that still. So, yeah. Um, same with the Dodgers. No shot he's number one. I mean, he Same might with not the Mets, too. Two. If he went to the Mets, DeGrom is still their number one. And 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 the Dodgers. He might not even be number two on the Dodgers. Like, yeah. Bueller, might be, Bueller might be number two. I, but, like, I mean, maybe he wants to be that guy that the city kind of goes around, I guess. And I don't know. I mean, you he would never get them press. Like said, I highly doubt it. But um, he brings a lot to the table in terms of social media because he's got the he's got his own YouTube channel. Oh, he's got the, the vlog would be YouTube. crazy. Yeah, that like, vlog like they would have the crazy. exposure with the vlog. They would have the exposure with with his social media account. They would have um, uh, Luba would be there all the time. So that's more like you would bring so much exposure if he was able to come there just based on what he's done this year. And that I mean that would be great for them. Because it would be. So it would be the would same. It would be the Tom Brady effect, dude. It would be the same thing. It would be the Tom Brady effect. Yeah. I feel like you just have you just have a lot of momentum going into a season. Like uh, even though the Bucks haven't been like performed like like that well, they they're still like playoff bound. Hey, hey, they've you know? been they've been decent. They've been much been better. De- than yeah, the definitely, definitely, definitely. I don't know. I just don't think the Rays are the team that's ever going to kind of sell out for one season. Um, That's it's just true. Not their mo, they'd much prefer to sign guys and trade for guys that are obviously less expensive, but that can help to build the team rather than have like one fantastic year and then kind of you're playing catch up as far as the payroll goes. So it how is fun does, to think about. How much does Meadows yeah, have, have on his contract? Does anybody know? I don't know exactly. I know. I know. KK's making like eleven mil, right? Somewhere around there. Um, He's making a lot. They could, they could ship. Like I would be fine, honestly, because he's been with the team since 2013 now. So he's been with the team seven, eight seasons. Like he's making a lot. And if they got him off the books, they could, they could like, like I'm, I'm expecting them to get to that point where they're going to take him off the books and they're going to trade him. I think he's gone before the season starts. Um, I think Meadows might be still on his rookie deal. So is he still on his rookie deal? Well, well, 2018 was the year that 2018 was his rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, so he's probably he's still on his rookie deal. So, because I was gonna say, I think maybe trading him. I mean, he had a really good year two years ago, but last year he didn't do anything. 
I mean, he was – He didn't do anything in the playoffs either. He had COVID, and then he was hurt for a while. So, I give him that – the benefit of the doubt there. But, like, we have so many outfielders that, mm-hmm. like, I mean, we just have so many players that could play. And I don't know. Margot looked better than he did in the, uh, in the outfield. Margot's a better defender than he is. He looked a hell of a lot better offensively against – in the playoffs, um, they got a lot more to more out of Margot than they did out of Renfro. I can say that. Oh, thank goodness we got rid of Renfro. But um, yeah, I mean, I I don't like the idea of giving away Ke- uh, Kevin just for how long he's been there. He's an in, like he's a priceless defender. He's so good in center field. So I so I don't know. I, I'll yeah. disagree with you guys on that one. But like I completely understand why. Like eleven million does take out a lot of money. But yeah. So as far as the KK thing. I I don't like it either, especially because he is the clubhouse guy. I mean, in all the interviews I've heard, people are like, oh, like, did you guys have a team meeting after this game type deal? And they're like, no, but KK said this, and KK's always the one that hypes everyone up and everything. And, you know, once he's gone, I think that's kind of an open spot that the only person I think could even come close to filling is Adamas as far as the energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also just one of the vets of the team. He's yeah. been there the longest. And I think that's – really important but at the same time we have other center fielders that can play Margot is a great option and he's going to bring a much bigger return than someone like Meadows would obviously and I think they're expecting an offensive resurgence from a couple players but one of them being Meadows for sure because he had that great year and this was a weird year so I think they're kind of going to give the benefit of the doubt and you know see what he can do offensively next year. I do want to say there is the, I'm going to call it the Evan Longoria principle, which is that everyone thought that there was no way in hell that, that Longoria could go. Crawford, Crawford, when Crawford left, he was a free agent and he was there for a decade. And he was mm-hmm. a free agent. There was no way yeah. in hell that anyone thought that Evan Longoria was going to leave that franchise. He was like, I'm sure in most people's minds, he was a lifetime Ray. He, he was there prepared was, to stay. Too. Exactly. And then they trade him. So if that happens, then literally anyone on the team right now could be traded. Like that was that was a sad day. It, that was a sad day. Yeah, the Rays the Rays trade without a soul. They don't. Wait, I they told don't you guys care. it was okay, right? From my I'll perspective, never waking up to that topic. I was, I was literally in. I was in Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, and I broke down and cried in the middle of Magic Kingdom because I found out this news because my friend who's a Yankees fan like sent it to me on Snapchat. And he was like, hey, hey, Longo got traded. And I'm like, no, screw you. You're a Yankees fan. That's not real. And then I looked it yeah, up on Twitter. And I was like, freeze. I looked You're it like, up on – that was literally what happened. I looked it up on Twitter. Where were Twitter, you that day? And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 that didn't happen. No. How do you cry at Disney, dude? That's going to be so sad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, something's going to happen to you that just hits different. It was early. I remember it was, it was earlier. It sucked. (laughs) Yeah. I woke up to it. (laughs) Yeah. I woke up. Yeah. It was a, it was a very, very interesting day, but so Bree, we haven't, um, so we're done all talking about the news and we haven't talked to you about how your Rays fandom started. So what, you know, like describe how, you know, like your path as a Rays fan, kind of how things started to evolve and how things have gotten to the point that you are at right now. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back, it all kind of happened so fast, but um, (laughs) I guess, so I remember the first game I went to, my family and I were at the beach, like close to St. Pete, staying there for a week. And we had like a couple days left and my dad hates the beach. So he was like, Hey, like, do you guys want to go to a baseball game? 
and I didn't really like my brother played baseball but I didn't really like know anything about baseball and I was like yeah like I guess I'll go I've never been to one before and I was I believe like it was in 2010 so I was probably like 11 I believe um and I remember on the way to the stadium I was texting one of my friends that I went to school with and he was like oh who are they playing and I said they're playing the Padres and he was like oh they're gonna lose and I was like, no, they're not, but I didn't actually know anything, um, but went to the stadium, and I don't know what it was, but I was captivated immediately, and I was asking my dad, like, all sorts of questions. I was like, oh, like, um, why is he hitting it foul, and it's, like, not adding to the strikes type of thing? I don't know, just, like, stupid questions that you ask when you know nothing about baseball, and, um, I don't know, I just wanted to learn really badly, and they ended up winning that game, and I told my friend, like, I told you they were going to win, and it's kind of been like that ever since, like, everyone thinks they're not going to win, and they do, and I think that's one thing that kind of attracts me to them, but, um, you got to see one hell of a team that year, yeah, so that's, it feels like longer, like, looking back, I was like, I was only 11, like, I don't know, but, yeah, I don't know, I, I was at game 162, which, I think probably escalated the plot. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. amazing. Here, wait, where, where were you sitting? I was sitting in left field. Oh, that how was close the ball. Ball kind of <laughs> how close were you to well, the let me tell you the story of game one sixty two because it's something that I am still furious about till to this day. Um so I was there with my mom, my best friend, who we became friends because kind of a sidetrack story but um in sixth grade we became friends because she had an Evan Longoria string pack and I was like hey like I love Evan Longoria we became best friends after that but um so we were there with my mom her and her dad and we were sitting in left field packed house um I we were down 7-0 and I was saying the whole time I was like no like they're gonna win they're gonna win because I'm always I've always been that type of fan like even if I don't believe it per se um Sometimes I just have a feeling. And speak, it's it, speak into existence. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And usually I end up being right. So I was like, they're going to win. Like, we can't leave. We can't leave. And my mom was like, no, it's a school night. We have to go. And I was like, no. Um, my friend and her dad ended up leaving. And my mom was like so mad at me because she was like, we have to go. I was like, no. And I was there for the Dan Johnson moment, which was cool. I was like, mom, I told you. She dragged me out of the stadium after that. And I kid you no. not, as we're walking to our no. car. Oh, come on. As we are walking to our car in the parking lot, you hear the stadium erupt. And I look at my mom and I'm like, oh my gosh. And that was the moment that the um that the Orioles beat the Red Sox. Um oh, okay. when the stadium we were in the parking lot. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And like there's no re-entry. I'm like, mom, <laughs> like, what did you do? And then we're in the car and then um you know, the only thing I don't hate about that is that you got to hear the epic radio call that still plays in my yeah. head on repeat. But yeah, so that one hurt a lot. But I mean, I mean, you got to see part of it. Like, yeah, I got to see the Dan Johnson moment, which was cool. But I just can't believe like they were literally tied when my mom was like, OK, that's it. We're leaving. Oh, no. What? So, so were you there until the twelfth inning, and then your mom was like, "Nah, let's nah, let's leave." Like, <laughs> like you're already there for twelve <laughs> innings, just like ride it out. I, 
that's what I was saying. But like her thought process was like, it's 12 innings. Like we've been here for so long. Like we have to leave. And I was just. Should have Ubered home. Yeah, she feels really bad about it. And I'm like, honestly, Yeah, Uber wasn't around. I was going to say, like, I don't think Uber existed in 2011, but oh my God. Uber definitely wasn't around there. I was just saying. So now I never, ever leave any sporting event early. And people hate going to games with me, like normal, like normal people you just gotta stay (laughs) i've seen so many great moments like especially like obviously with the rays but i mean florida football too there have been some great ones that happened in the end so brie what are some other games that you've been at that have been uh that you would say are like uh you know like memorable iconic games in race history and recent memory yeah um I don't remember which year it was, but it was the year Carlos Pena came back to the Rays. I mm-hmm. don't remember when that was, 2012 or something. Yeah, but, something like um, that. I don't know, something weird. I was at opening day where he hit his home runs after, like, coming back to the team. That was a really cool one. Um, That's pretty dope. I don't know. There have been so many. Um, what about, like, in the last was, few years? In the last few years, I haven't gotten to as many games because I'm always doing school type of stuff. But, um... I don't know. I've seen some great pitching performances. I'm a big pitching person. I love, I mean, I love the really close pitcher duel type things. So anytime I could watch, you know, Snell's Cy Young run, I mean, anytime I was there for one of those games, it was special because you could just tell that year he was so just clockwork, but Oh, and I completely forgot. I went to the uh, game four, I believe against the Astros. So. Oh, I did too. I yeah. was there too. I don't know how that one was like an afterthought, but anyway, was that the yeah, relay that game? Was, that was that was that was yeah, the- yeah. That was when they got that midget yeah. out to play. Yep. When we that, was that. that was so. I mean, that one was awesome yeah. just to see the drop rocking like that. I forgot. I yeah, it had. I, I haven't seen it like that in so long, so it was great. Yeah, like I that. have one of those too. I never actually went yeah. to the game. I just asked for it, and then someone gave it to me. So. <laughs> and now, I, I now have this. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I have like three of them. Yeah. It's great. You have your yeah, yeah, yeah. made the second team. Woo! Nice. <laughs> Let's go. You <laughs> second best. Okay. The Rays well, are coming in second. Well, well that's good news. I love so that. Brandon Lau's second team all MLB should be first team all MLB. But yeah, it was. Hey. So I, w- I was going to say. Uh, so me, so me and Evan were were there for it. There was a panel that the Merrill College at the University of Maryland, so the journalism school, uh, and then the sports journalism center within the um, within the journalism school did last night, where it was a panel with Tim Kirkshin, who's a Maryland grad, obviously Lau, who's a Maryland guy, and then Kalarik, and they were all in the same panel, and it was great, wow. but it also wasn't great because they showed the at bat. They were like, "Oh, we're going to show you the at bat where you struck out against Kalarik." And they showed the video <laughs> of it, and Brandon was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> God what do you say to that? <laughs> it was just, it, and then, and then, and then the other thing they were they were talking about like the home run. So obviously, he hit three home runs in the World Series, and, and they were like, "Oh, bro, we're gonna show you the second home run in game. What was it? Game two that he game hit two. It? Yeah, and then they showed the go ahead home run in game four, and I was like, "What's what the? Like, it wasn't five four in game two. What's going on here?" Yeah. It was that, that's that's cool though. He got to oh, it was so great. He was, yeah, it, awesome. you know, it's, it's Brandon Lau. He's he's a god. So that's, that's MVP, MVP, MVP. Have you seen the house he's building? By the way, in wait, Tennessee? he's building a house. Yeah, him and his wife. They're building a house. It know. is huge. It is nice. Is it like so? Like, are they actually working on it? Or are they getting like people to work on it? 
I mean, they're getting people to do it. I mean, they're like in it and they've posted pictures of stuff. And I think, I mean, oh, I think that's what Madison was showing when she was showing the kitchen. Yeah, that <laughs> is her house, which is, it is nice. And it is I was going to say, he has a little bit of Southern twang in his voice. Even though he's from Virginia, he's got a little bit of Southern twang. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed that, Evan, last night. Yeah, I definitely, I, I was, I didn't know where he was from. So I was definitely he's like, from. Oh, Newport News, Virginia, or Newport, but somewhere in Virginia. Gotcha. That's on uh, Newport. Yeah, Newport News is something like, like pretty that. southern Southern Virginia, so that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that that's crazy. Damn, that's a huge. Yeah, and no, that's like that's that's probably like the power couple of Mary. What? They're, they they she posted a picture. They're having like a bourbon like cellar bourbon room type of thing, which that's insane. Crazy. That's a requirement in Tennessee. That's actually just in every Tennessee house. So. Oh, yeah. is, just, is that right. a thing? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, if that's like legitimately a thing, that'd be great. Um, uh, the running water is actually just bur- bourbon. Ah, yeah. okay. I see. Um, <laughs> it makes complete I'm sense. I wonder what That'd be awesome. Living <laughs> uh, so, Bree, I was going to ask, um, so we, uh, we've, we've, we've asked this to a bunch of our guests so far, um, and I wanted to ask you about this. So, um, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up with this, but uh, how this season went for this team coming into the year, what did you expect was going to happen, and how much, did your expecta- how much were your expectations exceeded, met, or um, I'm guessing they weren't under-exceeded. Um, I, mean, I mean, you know, going to the, you know, winning the World Series is probably the dream of everyone, but I'm, I'm sure that it probably wasn't under-exceeded. Yeah, um, I think coming off of last season and just winning 96 games and then taking the Astros to game five, I mean, my expectations were really high, especially since they were bringing back, you know, basically everyone. So, yeah, I expected a lot, and I was really disappointed when, you know, the whole COVID stuff happened and it was going to be 60 games. And, at, I mean, at first I didn't think there was going to be a season. I was like, no, like, this is their year. Like, <laughs> I know – that they can make a really impressive run this year. But um, fortunately, they did, and we got to see that. And, you know, obviously I had huge expectations, but still the fact that they made it to the World Series, I'm not, like, surprised, but it's just, like, was that actually real type of thing, (laughs) you know? It's, I don't know. I mean, they're a fantastic team, and they absolutely deserve to be there. And a lot of people pick them to be there, but still at the same time as a fan, you're like, oh my gosh, they actually did it. So yeah, you yeah, know, it was it was a crazy run. It was. I mean, we still Joe Buck Paula Rays game in October was definitely a yeah thing to remember for me. Yeah, yeah it was a huge thing. Uh, so going off of that, talking about the off season leading up into 2021. Uh, what are your what are your expectations for what they're going to do? And I know it's a little, you know, I know it's early on. It's still December, but um, what are you kind of expecting uh, is 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 going to happen come twenty twenty one for the Rays with the expectation that it's going to be a normal one sixty two game season? Yeah, um, I don't know if we can expect them to replicate what they did this year, just because that's asking a lot. Um, but at the same time, I think you're still going to have most of the core guys back. I think Blake Snell is coming back. So I think, you know, I I totally believe Ryan Yarbrough should be and is a starter, by the way. Some people disagree with that, but. No, I agree. um, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. So I think that's a good, you know, core three that are coming back in our rotation. Um, I think it'd be great to sign another arm somewhere and then kind of just have one of our 
um, prospects come up at a time, like as needed, so you don't have two new arms in there at the same time. But um, yeah, I expect them to do well. I expect them to be in the playoffs again, you know, barring some really weird trades happening, which I don't think they're going to do. Um, so yeah, I expect them to do well. I expect them to compete with the Yankees. I think the Blue Jays are going to be even better this year. So I think that's kind of an added, you know, hurdle to get over, but I think they're capable of doing so for sure. So yeah, it should be a fun one. Yeah, definitely. I think, I, I think we're all really excited for it. Um, so first off, thanks so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate you, you yeah, taking the time to do this. Me. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Because I know you're pretty active in the race Twitter sphere. Yeah, that was kind of new this season too. But um, <laughs> So my Twitter is at Brie underscore Gonzalez three. So if you want to give me a follow on there, I tweet about the Rays far too much. So I'd love to have a chat with anyone that wants to discuss some things that are going on. Well, I did want to ask, um, so, so off that, uh, why did it become such a thing? Uh, like, like, why did it grow to what it is now? Like, or, or like, how did it grow to what it is now uh, this year? Yeah, kind of some <laughs> backstory. But so basically, before I had a Twitter, when I was like 13, I was like, always like going on the Twitter website and trying to see what David Price and Evan Longoria were tweeting. I thought it was cool to, you know, interact with them. So I begged my mom for a Twitter, tweeted about the Rays constantly before Twitter was cool. And um, yeah, so it's just kind of grown from there. I have a lot of people that have been you know, following me for years now, which is crazy. Um, but this season kind of like brought new life back into it because I hadn't been on in a while. Um, but it was an exciting team and I had a lot of opinions. So I thought that it was the right timing to kind of hop back on there and, you know, vent and share how much, you know, how happy they made me this year pretty much. Yep. Yeah, no, definitely a full range of emotions, but definitely follow Brie on Twitter. Um, she's got a lot of great takes about the Rays and just another great person within the Rays Twitter sphere to follow. So definitely give her a follow. Um, but uh, so again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And for everyone listening, uh, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, I think we've realized that during the off season, the pods are going to be a little bit longer because we're not going to do as many. So it allows us to get through a lot more information and have a lot better conversation with the guests that we're having on. Cause we haven't had any guests on in the writer season. So we're, we're trying to get new people on. So um, we really are appreciate all the support that you, uh, um, that everyone has given us. Uh, we're almost at, I, I hopefully we're at 200 followers by the time uh, that this is put out, which on Twitter, which is just crazy to think about, you know, it's not that much in terms of like, overall Twitter sphere stuff, but it's, it's crazy to think that so, uh, so many people are giving us so much support. So we, re so we really, really appreciate all of that. And um, for those that haven't followed us, uh, we're on Twitter. Um, it's like our main thing is uh, raise the roof pod. Just follow, you, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to find us on there. We'll tweet out a bunch of stuff um, during the week that aren't podcast stuff. And we'll post all the links and places that you can find us on there. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, all that good stuff. And, and yeah, from all of us, uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask and raise up. Raise up. Raise up. Raise up.